Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We have entered the month of July. Happy Independence Day to all of you online warriors out there. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks, the hot dogs, if yeah, if you're if you're a carnivore, ribs. I don't know. Ribs, pulled pork. By the way, that was tactic. It didn't sound like you. I don't want anyone to be alarmed, but <laughs> tactic had ribs. I don't, yeah. Tactic, tell them about the ribs. They were good. Got my uh, barbecue sauce, Dijon. Dijon? Dijon syrup? What the no, no, no. I, I mix barbecue sauce, Dijon mustard, and honey, and it it caramelizes nicely on the meat. So you're giving away the secret just right away. Oh, yeah. No one even asked. I could tell okay. you guys the full way to cook it, but that's well, maybe we'll leave that for a secret segment. Right. That's just there or, or a, a tinkering with tactic or something. Tinkering with meat. Cooking with tactic. Yeah. We'll we'll put the uh, research team on that. Nerd Bomber's here too. Nerd Bomber, you ate the pork or the ribs. Sorry, I did. And give us the taster's opinion. Oh, I mean, it was good. Everything that Tectic makes on his smoker is like top notch meat. That is not an innuendo or anything. You were going like to say everything that I that I smoke. Yes, but yeah, all of his all of his meat products that he smokes on his smoker are phenomenal. So. I'm so glad that I got him that smoker because I am just reaping the benefits over here. It's it's all all good things for me. I really enjoyed the carefulness of the wording that you selected <laughs> uh, to talk about the quality of, of, of Tactics Meats. Yeah, well, that's good. I had pulled pork today. We're recording this on July the 5th, which is incidentally the federal recognized holiday for the 4th of July. So uh, I don't think there's going to be any more fireworks tonight. I think that's over, but... If you hear any pops in the background, out my window, probably some hooligans lighting off firecrackers or something. Who's to say? But uh, we're not just going to talk about Independence Day the whole time. That'd be weird, first of all. But we are, at the end of the day, a... We're a nerdy podcast. And like, look, a lot of podcasts are nerds. I feel like nerds and podcasts, the Venn diagram is pretty big. It's like PB&J. Peanut butter and jelly, they always go together. Right. Podcasters and nerds go together like peanut butter and jelly. And and so we are going to dedicate some time to some nerdy topics. Star Wars Visions. This is a series coming to Disney Plus in the fall. That is, of course, Star Wars, as the title implies. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We're also going to be talking about Nintendo just added someone to their board of directors. We'll get into the implications. I almost said implications of that. And of course, we will also be talking about this GTA 6 news that uh, we heard last week. And actually, I want to start with that because I think that's got some kick to it. Some meat on the bones. There's some meat on those bones, no doubt. Now, this full disclosure, this is news that's coming from Tom Henderson, who I guess has a well-documented and kind of well, well-tracked history of like accurate leaks. He has leaked information about Call of Duty and Battlefield 2042 uh, previously. He has he had a new video out last week basically saying GTA 6 won't take place until 2025. And this aligns with Take-Two statements during a shareholder event recently. So in other words, it checks out. It's been more than eight years since GTA 5. Longest gap in the series history. Now, I have never... I, I've, I've like kind of played grand theft auto like incidentally like i've been like at someone's house and they have it and i like dick around with it for a couple of minutes i have never sat down and like i mean there is a campaign right yeah every time i see grand theft auto videos online it's like someone flying a plane underneath an over overpass 
and just like doing crazy like stunts that's like what i see from grand theft auto these days like grand theft auto online it seems like this whole different thing where people just kind of go nuts on there but uh yeah grand theft auto 6 2025 purportedly modern day version of vice city i don't know i mean we, we we've talked a lot about games coming out before they're ready right and you know especially last year i think it was was when cyberpunk came out and a lot of people would say that that was not ready we've seen a lot of games getting delayed because they realize too late that they're not ready this this to me is actually a very forward-facing move on the part of rockstar in the sense that they're like yeah we know you're waiting keep waiting what's the what's the business saying tactic under promise and over deliver right yep that's what rockstar is doing right do do, do i have that right i mean yeah and and i and i like the fact that they're taking their time with this because a lot of the previous games were set about 20 years from prior to now um and a lot has happened technologically everyone's got drones now so you know there's going to be drones in this game there's all sorts of new military aircraft that i'm sure you're going to be hijacking and I think it's important to include all of the advances and and new type of vehicles and and maybe even new scenery that's kind of been hoisted up over the years. I mean, there's going to be Teslas in there. So give them time, folks, because they got a lot to catch up to do. Well, the other thing I think, too, is they're not in a big rush because it's not like Grand Theft Auto as it currently stands, like the current titles are still selling like game busters. Like there's no rush here if the existing titles are still selling often. And they're going to bring Grand Theft Auto 5 to the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. So like there's more sales there. It's not like they're hurting for money. These games are constantly, they almost feel like living games. And especially like GTA Online. I mean, there's no reason why people shouldn't be playing these games at the moment i mean they're a little bit dated at this point because they've been out so long but i mean if people haven't played them yet clearly there's still an interest in playing those existing titles and you know it's kind of refreshing in today's era where we always see like especially when we're talking about workplace conditions at all of these big game studios and how there's always massive crunch because you know the the people in charge aren't planning how long the development the development cycle will actually take i mean it seems like rockstar is being very realistic with how long it's going to take to develop a game the scope and size of the next grand theft auto installment so i don't i don't think this is a bad thing i think people who are fans of the franchise and who have like milked existing grand theft auto titles to death like probably are waiting and ready to move on but i mean if it's going to end up being a fully cooked game that's super fun and more of what everybody loves, there's not that much wrong with waiting here, I guess. Maybe that's just me. To Tactic's point, you know, it must be like you were talking about like, oh, drone drones have become much more of a thing. So they got to add those to the game. It must be at the point where Rockstar employees watch the news and they see some newfangled tech come out and they're like, crap, that's going to be my whole week next week is adding hoverboards to gta 6 you know because you better and when i say hoverboards i don't mean actual hoverboards i mean those remember those things that were a huge fad in like the yeah you're talking about marty mcfly's hoverboard no i'm talking about the little rolly ones that exploded all the time no i'm talking if what's going to come out in the future is marty mcfly's hoverboard those little rolly bullshits are not hoverboards wow oh oh, i'm upset about that they're putting those in the game though they're probably already in the game in fact, they probably added those to GTA 6 back when they were a fad and then they fatted out 
and now they're still in there and someone's like, we should probably get those out of there. They're not cool anymore. You know what I mean? Or you use them as like a blow stuff up mission. Yeah, or like to hit somebody with. <laughs> I don't know. GTA just seems crazy, crazy violent. So it seems like you should be able to hit somebody with basically anything. And, you know, at this point too, we have, kind of have to ask the question, when do we just kind of like circle around on ourselves and GTA 6 doesn't come out until 2077 and then it's Cyberpunk 2077, but it's GTA, you know? <laughs> Important questions. Well, I mean... I think we did get spoiled recently. A lot of franchises have quick turnaround, but you look at history of other IPs and I don't know if this big gap between five and six is really that unheard of. And maybe I'm just jaded because I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan and I literally waited for most of my childhood to wait for Kingdom Hearts 3. But I feel like it's not that crazy of a gap between games. Like it's getting a little long now, but if the like I said, if the old game is still working and still generating money, like it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Well and you also have to zoom back a little bit and realize I started and tr- I tried Red Dead Redemption 2 and it wasn't for me. But like that was like the best selling game ever for a while and it was a big deal. And that was a Rockstar game. So like they got other stuff going on. I don't besides that I actually don't know what else they have going on, but Red Dead Redemption 2 probably took them years to make, and that's years that aren't being spent on Grand Theft Auto 6, presumably. I mean, they just, uh, they remastered L.A. Noir and brought that back. That was Rockstar? Yeah. I did not know that. Always meant to play L.A. Noir. It looks fun, but never got around to that one. You bought it for me for the Xbox 360, and I still have yet to try it. One of these days. One of these days. That's probably pretty far down the backlog at this point, I would think. But uh, I guess let me know. Yeah, I mean, Grand Theft Auto, you know, my vision of it, again, is I've played it instantly. I've, I've played it at least two times out of like the five times I've played it. I've played it and I've been playing it at someone's house and I have consciously thought to myself, my mom would not like that I'm... so. Don't get me wrong, I'm a mama's boy, but like that should tell you how long ago this was. For that exact that reason, like, I'm glad that they're going to keep pumping out these games. I mean, Grand Theft Auto introduced me to the magic of hookers, and I hope that every generation after me feels that same magic that I did. But see, like, that's, you know, I've always wanted, and we don't have to get into it, but like, what is that ad? What does Joe the Plumber take away from... You know, playing Grand Theft Auto, they're grunt. I understand the the kind of visceral, you know, running around and robbing banks and you know stealing cars. But then, like, you're spending in-game time when you could be running around and doing those things, going to a strip club and like watching you- digital boobs, watching digital like digitally created women give you lap dances. Were you never? 13? But they're not giving you a lap dance. Were you, were, they're giving. Were you never thirteen. I was never thirteen. I actually went from twelve to fourteen is what i actually skipped because it's an unlucky number but like i i don't know i don't even know if my one answer to that question is young teenager like come on we were all perverts let's let's be honest with ourselves folks i wasn't but like yeah yeah you you be honest with yourself the rest of (laughs) i am not the target audience i just don't know it like if if what you're saying is true and that that component of the game is marketed entirely to 13 year olds it seems like a, a very significant like you're carving a lot of, out a lot of development time to a kind of like fly over the heads of parents everywhere who surely would not want their kids going to strip clubs even even digitally and b fulfilling 13 year olds perverted fantasies that just like it it just seems strange it just seems like in some boardroom meeting 
they should have been like, okay, we get it. Like we're going for like quote unquote authentic kind of debaucherous Grand Theft Auto, but like let's you know what? Let's leave the strippers on the cutting room floor, so to speak. Let's not do that part because I don't know. Let's just be about like like it just doesn't seem fun. I mean, let's let's zoom out even further. You just very much sounded like Jack the Ripper, just saying. <laughs> strip clubs at large. I've never been to a strip club. And I'm, you know, I'm, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty details of strip clubs, but like in real life, they seem weird. So like putting them in video games, just like taking the weirdness that already exists, making it weirder. It's, so, it's, it's more than just the strip club though, right? It's the young kid, you know, feeling like a badass. Oh my gosh, look where I am. This is so exciting. This is so new. Ah. Feeling, yeah. Feeling like it's a badass. the experience. Okay. It does couple with, again, I mean, I just mentioned, you know, I played Grand Theft Auto and I was like, my mom would kill me. If she saw me, you know, taking a sniper rifle and pointing it at some random grandmother on the street, you know, another video game circumstance in which my mom would kill me if I was hanging out at the video game strip club. It does kind of go hand in hand in the sense of like, like you said, like, I'm just a total badass. I don't play by the rules. I'm going to strip clubs. I'm, you know, stealing ice cream trucks. It's guys, I haven't played very much Grand Theft. I don't know if that's come through, but like, I, (laughs) I don't really know what the game entails besides stealing cars and you know running over fire hydrants in any case grand theft auto 6 2025 it's a ways off so 13 year olds of the world you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer for those strip club experiences you've been you've been they'll be, by that they'll point be 17 year olds right by then just go to one go to a real one no they still got another no, year i can't and also like I, I i just i can't condone that kind of activity but uh yeah grand theft auto 6 2025 you got a while to wait so start waiting i guess moving right along let's talk about star wars visions for a second because this was pretty big did you guys watch this trailer for this came out yesterday i believe less less a trailer and more of like kind of like an expose on what to expect like an inside look here's what we did and like you saw a lot of concept art there are some interviews with the creators so what this is what this is uh, i mentioned disney plus series nine episodes from seven different animated studios in japan debuting on september 22nd 2021 so coming down the pipe here pretty quickly i my anime experience is limited i think even relative to to my other two hosts here i just i don't go in for it much with that said this does seem like a marriage of uh, form and story that probably should have happened a while ago, right? I mean, they, I think they mentioned right away in this video I'm talking about that they were like, you know, a lot of if Lucasfilm, these or, you know, original staff who were creating the original movies were inspired by certain Japanese works, and it probably I would guess it translates pretty readily to the anime format. And and I'll let experts who are more well versed in the media weigh in on that but i was taken in by this from what little we saw of it i think the thing that excites me the most about this entire premise is one of the things and this wasn't necessarily in the trailer but in a elaboration on the trailer in an article i think from ign was that they basically they told all of the creators there's uh, i think nine different episodes nine different anime studios making episodes here nine different episodes seven different studios okay gotcha so 
couple of them double dipped. I don't know which ones, but but basically they kind of gave them free reign. Like none of this has to tie in. None of it has to be canon with the current Star Wars universe. They can use existing characters and not have to worry about how it fits into the Star Wars universe, their backstories, their forward facing stories, any of that stuff. They basically have free reign to use their creative vision, take the world, take the characters and make a short that is yeah. just really cool and resonates. And it almost, it feels to me like, obviously these are very accomplished studios to begin with, but it almost feels like a a true passion project in that case then, because it's not something that has, you know, the overarching like Disney picking away at, oh, well, you can't do that because in the next couple movies or in the next couple books or whatever this character appears in, you know, it's going to throw off our canon. So you can't do that. Go change your story. You don't have any right. of that. And it almost feels like a true paying homage to the Star Wars franchise from all of these studios and giving them that full creative vision over their stories and what they want to tell. And it's almost like watching a high production, like, Fan art. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's super, super cool. And I'm totally here for it. Yeah, I, I, I want to second that. Fan art, in my opinion, is one of my favorite things about any show, especially animated show, is everyone... It's like the stories... It's almost like the Marvel's What If series. It's it's the stories that I was you, about to draw this same comparison, actually, and I haven't even watched it, but it, it's, it seems like the purest form of What If that there is, right? Because like you said, there's no canon ties or anything. It's the stories that you want to hear. It's the it's potentially the characters in areas that you want to learn more about and everyone gets super pregnant (laughs) it's probably not in these but maybe you never know well that was a fan art joke well it it, it is very interesting that you mentioned because i was going to mention what if um it seems like the purest form of what if to me you know the fact you can put established characters into these little vignettes that you know they don't affect anything else it's it's a cool design space it's a cool creative space a similar thing that, granted, I have no experience in this, but my finance, that my fiance, guys, I, I say finance as a joke, uh, is very into fanfic. Just, and, and that's not what this is. I know that's not what this is. You said fan art, and, you know, these are established studios doing things, but, like... But, like, it kind of is, though, because it's a story it, it, it kind that of is. fans yeah. tell about these established worlds and characters. And, and Are you willing you to know, share what uh, world, or is it fan fiction in general? It's. I think she kind of just there's across the board. There's a lot of uh, universes that she reads fanfic from, but like it's, it, it you know the way she describes it to me. I've never read it myself, but she loves it. And the way she describes it to me is, you know, you can take these established characters that people love, and you can put them into situations that there. Like you said, there's no ties to anything else. It's just what if character X and character Y, who you know from you know these things, were in this situation, they had to handle it. And it's compelling. And, 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 you know, the fanfic industry, I don't know if I want to call it an industry, but like the fanfic community is massive, right? And it, oh, it almost absolutely. seems like, it seems like more should be being done to create things like that, so, take established universes and put these vignettes in a place where people like myself who don't, you know, dwell in the fanfic community can be exposed to stories like that. Because it does seem like a cool approach to again establish characters and establish universes and, and all that so i'm a big dragon ball z fan fiction guy one of my favorite uh alternate arcs are when they take there's the the main character goku and initially his main counterpart like bad counterpart was vegeta and my favorite story was where goku was sent to earth sort of like in the if you don't know sort of like how superman was he was sent to earth and then raised and became good 
And Vegeta, also a Saiyan background, uh, was sort of a world conqueror. And it was, well, what if they, since they're the same race, just got swapped? And it's it's an right. absolutely compelling story. And there's been a, a lot of like people saying this should be some kind of something that they run with in the series as like a as a Marvel's what if. And part of me not only am wondering is because this is now financially backed is you know if there's certain stories and things like that that are well received. Uh, by the population, are they going to say, you know what, this particular story, that's canon now, and you guys want to see more of this new character? Well, you got it. Well, that's one of the things that I love about fan fiction, too, is like, especially you talk about the continuation of stories. So I loved my time with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Like, I, God, I spent like 150 hours in that game. And then I went through like withdrawal when it was over because it was literally my entire winter was being a Viking and following my character. And I wanted more. So then obviously like there's DLC and stuff in the future, but I was like, hey, you know, I don't care about DLC six months from now because then I'll be on to my next thing. I want more Viking stuff now. And there is this whole fan fiction community around just Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And so I got to read as if my story was continuing. And I think it would be a really cool thing. And all of you producers of franchises, IPs, whether it's movies, games, books, whatever, TV shows, there's a lot of really good writers in the fan fiction community, a lot of really good stories. And it would be really cool to see something like Tactic said, where maybe they find really popular ones and they're like, hey, this is, we can turn this into something. Maybe this is a, a comic book that will add, like, I know Avatar and stuff, they have the comic book runs that add to the existing story and i think they're great like maybe you do stuff like that and i mean heck we've already seen it like wasn't 50 shades of gray and i know like that's not exactly in our nerdy niche but like that started as twilight fan fiction so it's not like it's never been done before i i think a lot of like there is definitely a stigma associated with fanfic i think because i don't know if it originated with like smutty stuff you know what i mean like it was it's a lot of it's like oh these like these two characters that you wouldn't expect to get down and dirty are getting well that, that's why i re- referenced that everyone got super pregnant that's a big yeah. thing that happens in the sonic fan fiction right and like and, and that's like i don't know if it started that way or that's just a common trope that like but i do think people are like that's weird uh, like not all of it's like that though and even in the midst of stories like that are some really you know good pieces of writing but it's you know another thing another kind of example that we haven't mentioned in in a a way in which i think a big franchise can have their cake and eat it too in terms of like being able to create these what if vignette situations while having also an established canon happening in the background is this not what the multiverse kind of is in marvel oh yeah absolutely it, 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 it seems like this is what it should be made for right is okay you know we have this main earth timeline where you know sam wilson and and scarlet witch and you know they're, they're doing these things but then oh by the way remember that other earth where toby Maguire was well we're make we're gonna make a spider-man 4 in that universe and by now he's like 50 and he's an aging spider-man and he's yeah like it's that's what the multiverse should be for and, and like part of me even thinks that this what if series that i know nothing about haven't watched is that not marvel kind of wetting people's appetites for this right and and, and saying what if Black Widow was, I don't know, in space or something? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's you can create these standalone scenarios, and then if, if people respond to that well, 
you can make whole movies around that concept and you can you can find a really good fanfic that has black widow in asgard being odin's secretary and like it's a thing like it's it's cool um and you know i know we've gotten a little bit away from star wars visions but like i think we all agree that the the kind of form factor that this has is is very cool and you know some of the visuals in this again behind the scenes look kind of thing they look awesome and it's it's clear that like you said it's clear this is a passion project for the people that are working on it um they they know about star wars and they love star wars and they're being given a chance to create a unique story you love to see it can stand exactly on its own so yeah star wars vision september 22nd 2021 disney plus uh go check it out when it arrives go check out the video that we're talking about right now and uh see if it's your cup of tea so that brings us right up to the halfway point in the show so we are going to take a short break and shout out one of our sponsors but before we do that i would of course be remiss if i did not give some props some what ups flash some peace signs at our fantastic patreon producers mr ben checkness mr stephen keller i'd shake your hand if i could never shaken the patreon producers hands it's something i would like to do because they've earned it they have been supporting us on patreon for a while now at the night level which is the top of the three levels of support we have as a result they get this producer shout out they get input into our weekly game segment which this week is being hosted by nerd bomber i have no idea what it is and they also of course get access to the monthly secret segment and vlog as well as the occasional guest spot which was pretty recent i think those were in may that we did those so ben and steven support us as knights they are valiant they are noble they have suits of armor. not really that wasn't in the in the podcast budget suits of armor but again in my mind they have suits of armor we also have a squire level of support which gives you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and there's also a page level which gives you access to the monthly secret segment so for more of the details on all of those levels of support all of the perks there and you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details thanks again to steven and ben we are going to take a short break now to shout out a sponsor and we'll be back in a bit to talk about nintendo's board of directors Sun's out and shades are in. Get your home summer ready with custom window treatments from Blinds.com. Get a high-end look without the high-end price on our most popular outdoor shades and transform your backyard into the perfect weekend oasis with light-filtering shades that help block UV rays without obstructing your view. Plus, right now, Blinds.com is offering up to 35% off everything, making it a breeze to upgrade any room in your home, indoors or out. With over 25 million blinds sold and 35,000 five-star reviews, there's a reason why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world. Whether you do it yourself or have them handle the install from start to finish, Blinds.com makes ordering custom window treatments online easy, with free shipping and a 100% guaranteed perfect fit. Sunshine and barbecues are back in the forecast. Upgrade your backyard and window treatments with Blinds.com today and enjoy your new view all summer long. Go to the link in our show notes to shop up to 35% off site-wide. That's our link in the show notes for up to 35% off site-wide. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thanks to Blinds.com for sponsoring this episode. And now, back to the episode. Okay. Have you guys watched Despicable Me? I have. That's not... Yeah, that's actually pertaining to the topic here that's not just me asking you if you've seen it uh, i have also seen it i think i saw despicable me too but i honestly can't remember and then if there have been more after that 
I kind of lost the thread. I know there was a Minions movie at one point. Anyways, Nintendo has added, I'm going to try to pronounce this name, Chris Melodandry, who is the CEO of American Animation Studio Illumination, to its board of directors. This animation, this animation studio, of course, known for Despicable Me, and also soon to be known for, I did not know this. I want to, I want to put this up front. They are coming out with Super Mario the Movie, which is scheduled to hit theaters in 2022. That's next year. I haven't heard a thing about it until reading this article about Chris Melodandry, but that sounds exciting. And, you know, we need to talk about this because adding a movie producer to the board of directors of a video game company has some implications, right? Nintendo has a lot of IP that they typically use in video games, but, you know, Illumination's coming out with this movie. Is this a signal that, a uh, signal to the shareholders, I guess, that uh, they're looking to expand into other visual content? Yes, and here's the thing that I'm most excited about. Minions are ugly AF. No, they're cute. Yes, they are. Let me finish. They're ugly. They're ugly. But somehow, Illumination Studios has managed to make an ugly thing cute. I'll go, I'll go one further. They're ugly and annoying. I said it. I'll say it again. The Goombas in Super Mario are ugly little brown turds. And I right. think that illumination studios has the ability to make them lovable and i think that's going to be sort of the ticket that they take from despicable me and slot it into the show and i think it's going to do well and i think that's the key because i don't know if you have you guys ever seen the live action super mario brothers it's horrendous yeah i've heard it's terrible i've never watched it but it's kind of like a joke right i was a weird kid i loved it i watched it like 17 times but the Goombas were, were literally like this weird six-foot ugly dinosaur thing and with a tiny, tiny head. And I did not like it. Kind of gave me the creeps, that side of it. I thought, I thought Goombas were the little mushroom-looking guys. They are. In the live action, they botched that. Ah, uh-huh. botched it. Okay. And that, that tracks. I think this is going to course correct all of that and maybe even give confidence for a new live action. But and still, it'll give confidence for Nintendo movies in general. And like you guys said, their IP is deep. We got we got Super Mario. We got Kirby. We got Zelda. We got... I mean, the list goes on. Well, I think it's actually a shame. I feel like Nintendo... I mean, they other than Pokemon, they really haven't turned any of their IP into any kind of like other entertainment. You know, like I feel like there's a lot of potential there and there has been for quite some time. And you look at the success of things like Sonic and it's no wonder that if you get it right, like you're not just appealing to the child audience base, you're appealing to adults who love all of these properties and will go see these movies. And so it's not... I guess it's not surprising that they're doing this now. It's surprising that it took so long for them to get here because from a money perspective, they could have been making so much bank releasing movie after movie at all of those IPs that Tectic just listed. Every single one of them, I feel like, would bring a decent amount of people to the audience and would be fun. I mean, you look at cutscenes and stuff in these games, and if you kind of piece them all together, you kind of already have a movie. Why not just make a movie movie, you know? Right. Well, and, and, you know, they make very different games, but like another example, look at what Sony is doing with The Last of Us. They're coming out with a TV show. Like when you have a story and again, I, they're not they're not doing stories like that in Nintendo games. But when you have a story, you have something that, that potentially I'll say right now, if they came out with a Zelda movie, 
that I could use to familiarize myself with the lore of Zelda in an hour and a half to two hours instead of having to play one or more games that take much longer. That serves two purposes then, right? Because A, I'm sitting down and watching a movie and I'm paying for it. So you're getting money. B, if I like the movie... A, I, you know, I've learned something about Zelda and B, I like the movie, so I'm going to go buy the next Zelda game and play it, right? So it, it, it is kind of this like two birds, one stone thing potentially. And it even, it honestly, it goes beyond just getting your money in those areas. Now with the advent of streaming, there's also like Leviathan streaming deals that companies are making with the streaming services. Hey, you'll get, like if you pay us X amount, you get the rights to all of the movies streaming after they have hit theaters and are ready to go to a streaming platform. Like there's money there too that you don't even really have to do anything, just have the promise of movies, you know? Luigi's Mansion would that's be done. a that's dope. Ar- that's already movie. a movie. It's it's basically made, is is the point. Like it's like Luigi's Mansion 3 was an amazing game. I didn't play the second one, but like Luigi's Mansion, the original one, that is even the plot, it's it might as well be an animated film. And that, you know, a lot of this content's obviously going to appeal to kids directly, but yeah, it's kind of a no brainer to the point that you're wondering, like you said before, like what, you know, why hasn't this happened before? I mean, look at what, um, what Pokemon has done, you know, where they, they, they started as a trading card game. They made these video games and then they took their IP, which frankly is not super story driven a lot of the time. And they said, okay, we're going to go ahead and make a TV show. We're going to make multiple movies. And now adult movies with Ryan Reynolds at the helm. Right. The fact that Nintendo has not done that is interesting. Now, there are some caveats to this. A, I want to hear from Tectic what Goombas would sound like. B, I want to know how, like, like, because I'm thinking predominantly about Mario, right? And I'm thinking about if Mario had to helm an entire movie, wouldn't his voice get like because like luigi doesn't talk in luigi's mansion mario doesn't talk in the mario games part of me is like well he says it's a me mario wow 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 right but like in terms of like dialogue i don't know the voice is it's almost a bridge too far to actually carry a script like that would be a concern of mine is the point i'm trying to make is these characters are so aggressively caricatured in terms of voice that i don't know that's a concern for me but feel free to allay them and also feel free to tell me what goombas sound like did they in the in the movie it sounds like they were totally different but like what did they sound like in the movie it was like a weird grunt and sort of like a weird a twisty body motion but no actual head turning it's like all body movements they they may have talked in another mario game but like if i were to guess what kind of noise they made it'd be like Bleh! but that's also kind of like not the sound that baby bowser makes is that little like like he makes that like weird grunt slash cry noise. Yeah, and maybe even like baby Yoshi. Yoshi goes bum bum. That's Does Yoshi. He? That's when he's yeah. eating an egg and pooping it out. Mm. Mario, I can see having plenty of dialogue, not no problem at all. His voice actor has made dialogue time and time again in, in various interviews. Same with Luigi. Goombas But would it get annoying? Goombas I don't think are gonna have any dialogue. I think they're going to continue to just sort of attack and I mean, think about the the minions. Their dialogue is, I think it's like, it's like gibberish. But they say words like they say potato and everyone laughs because they said a word. You know what I mean? So like Goombas have to say a word. I don't think they're going to. I think it's going to be maybe some grunts and things like that. And it's going to be a lot of speaking really with just their eyes. I think there's, I I think the fact of their eyebrows being so bushy opens them up to really 
leverage that for for some comedic dialogue without actually saying any words. I hate that the minions became kind of like the centerpiece of Despicable Me when they're not even the funny. Like the funniest part of Despicable Me, and I, I know this isn't the topic, but I have to soapbox on this for a second. Is Steve Carell as the main guy and the voice he does and the when he's when he's talking about how they're going to steal the moon and they drew the picture of him sitting on the can and he says it in the meeting. It's so funny. The minions not funny. They never been funny. Yeah, but they're, they're cute. Dumb. I get it. No, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. Okay. At at OW eighty six at OW tactic at OW nerd bomber our main show account at online warriors one. Are minions cute? Yes, no, or definitely no. Let us know <laughs> because I I don't know what happened there. Something was lost in translation. Something. It, they they touched a, a a nerve in like American society that they everybody loved it and I was like what am I missing here except for you the potato thing potato okay we get it they said potato okay what am I supposed to take away from that potato there's the Beach Boys <laughs> like it's this, there's they're they're doing these comedic things that I guess I mean if you're like a you know seven year old kid they're probably hysterical but to me don't worry man. We'll Illumination's got this. They'll make you feel okay about everything. Just don't worry. I want a Donkey Kong heist movie. I want I want Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, the whole gang from Donkey Kong 64. I can't remember the rest of them. There's one that's like an orangutan. He's awesome. I want them to steal. I don't know. I want them to like rob Chiquita Banana or something. Take all the bananas. Banana heist. That would be actually really fun. That's done. I mean, just book that. Like, you know... Chris Melodandry, or whatever your name is, Nintendo, if you're listening, I want story by credit. You can have it. I, all I want is story by credit. And I want you to use my screen name, Illegal86, not my real name. So people people know it was a podcast where someone came up with it. Any other ideas to toss around? I mean, I, Donkey Kong Heist, I feel like is book that. That's done. Zelda Origin Story, book that. At this I point, feel like Zelda would have to be almost like an older audience to me. I feel like you could turn Zelda into... A Lord of the Rings style movie. Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably not as not as lot of bloody. Sex. Yeah. Lot of sex. <laughs> yeah. That's when you're getting into the fan fiction area again. You know, let's leave that to them. Can you imagine like sitting around the water cooler? Would you guys believe who Link had sex with last <laughs> night? On on I don't know, I guess I guess you just call it Legend of Zelda. Yeah. I don't know. I want Kirby. Wasn't there a Kirby TV show at one point? Yeah, and it was yes, awesome. Yes, there was. Yes, there was. What wasn't Kirby like? Isn't like the canon of Kirby is like he was the science experiment that went wrong? Because like that I don't seems remember. Like, I think that's what it is. That's what I want. I that I think with Kirby you get you could get a Sonic situation. I haven't seen the Sonic movie yet, but like something like that or like something that is like just like oh man, Detective it's on Hulu. Pikachu. Go watch it right now. Like stop recording. Go watch it. Report back in about two hours. I'm not going to do that. That's your your time is as valuable as mine. But like, I want like Kirby's animated. Everyone else is a live action character, and Kirby's just kind of like trying to get it done in the real world, just like being Kirby and like sucking things into his mouth. You know what I mean? Trying to get it done in the real world and sucking things into his mouth. Yeah, by by it, I have no idea what I mean. Just like I don't know, trying to function. Maybe he's trying to solve the uh, the mystery of who created him. Who's to say? Uh, that that sounds a little introspective, actually. The more I think about it, but I mean, there's some like just make Super Smash Brothers. I don't know how you'd make that a movie, actually. Just use that as your weather vane for like what characters should we make? Make a freaking Metroid movie. 
That's, I mean, again, that's done. Let's do that. That'd be a, a, there's no dialogue, just a silent movie. You know, Morph Ball morphing around and beautiful vistas. And this is good. This is good. I, I think we should get a think tank going for what they should do animated movie wise. In the meantime, let us know. I mentioned our Twitter handles. What are your Nintendo animated or live action movie ideas that this producer who has just been named to the board of directors can immediately steal and take credit for? Anything else before we move on? Or is it time for what are you up to? Nope, I'm good. What are you up to? What have you been up to? My good friend, Tactic. Nerd Bomber and I watched a movie called Eat Wheaties starring Tony Hale. If you don't know him, he was in Veep. He was also in... Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. Yep. He's in a lot of stuff. And I have to say, surprisingly good, also feel-good movie. It didn't do well on Rotten Tomatoes, but all in all, it kind of shows, I guess, the dangers of social media, but also the the value of having confidence in yourself. And Is this somewhere he takes over the lady's social media account or something? No, or he what? constantly posts on her wall about his life because right. he thinks it's private and he uses it sort of like a almost like a venting diary but it's very very public and, and it sort of spirals into this whole thing and i recommend it honestly it was a very good movie it had some funny moments it had a lot of funny moments actually and it was it was a feel good and i recommend feel goods all the time feel goods feel good generally that's how i feel about ted lasso and I, i'm not going to talk about that this week but same sort of thing cool are we swinging over to Nerd Bomber? We can. Yeah, yeah we kind of have almost shared what are you up to's because we did a lot of movie viewing over our long weekend. So we did also get through two other movies. We watched Luca, which is the new Pixar movie that was available on mm. Disney+. Plus. I would say Luca was very cute and very endearing movie. But also in terms of like where I would rank them on my Pixar scale kind of forgettable like it didn't have that emotional punch that a lot of the other pixar movies did like it was a very like another feel-good movie at the end but like it wasn't like something that didn't resonate yeah it didn't it won't stick with you as much it was like oh this was a nice two hours of my life you know this is a very well it was beautifully animated like i have to say that like the animation of pixar never ceases to amaze me very beautifully animated. It was a cute story, but it's not something that you're going to like walk away from extolling the virtues of Luca to everybody and, and that I want to be with Pixar. I want to be the bar is too high now because like this is what happened right. with Onward. I, did, I didn't watch Onward. I might not watch Luca. I didn't even really want to watch Soul, but I did anyways. But like I need a promise of emotional devastation if I'm going to show up like that's the bar has been set too high by movies like Inside Out by Up. I like almost, Toy Story 4. Three. I wonder if they kind of knew a little bit because this one, so like when Soul came out, that was free for everybody on Disney Plus because it was mm-hmm. like labeled a, a Christmas gift almost to everybody. And that one I thought was very emotionally resonated with me a lot. But normally we see the new Disney premieres on Disney Plus, like you have to pay additionally, even though you're already subscribed, you usually pay like $39.99 to access. I was going to say, I this didn't, I didn't did get not. a message from you. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get a message from you saying like, hey, you have to buy this. We share a Disney Plus account, guys, and I'm like the head honcho of it. So whenever Nerd Bomber and Tactic want to watch new Disney Plus movies, they're like, hey, do this. <laughs> do this and we'll Venmo you. I money. just, I found it very hard to relate to a boy that turns into a fish boy but then also can turn into a human. It was just, it's not something that I personally dealt with in my childhood. So no? I just, you never, you never did that? No. 
<laughs> what, what, what was that movie uh 13th year doesn't he turn into a movie? oh yeah good old decom disney channel original movie yeah anyways <laughs> so like i said luca was a good watch i think it was very fun if you have kids and stuff i'm sure they'll love it there was nothing like you won't like you said you won't walk away emotionally devastated at all for a change coming out of a Pixar movie. So like if you can't handle that, like very nice uplifting sort of movie. Definitely a decent watch, especially since it's already included on Disney+. I don't want to be uplifted. I want to be destroyed. <laughs> I want to I want to have to put back together the pieces of my life after watching a Pixar movie. Well, Pixar didn't want to do it this time. So come on, man. Evidently, right. And then the other movie we watched was The Tomorrow War. And this is the new Chris Pratt movie. Chris Pratt. Yeah. And Yvonne Strahovski, who I have, still have the world's biggest girl crush on. Totally fine. It's cool. I'll allow it. And they're in the movie. And essentially, I mean, you've probably seen all the advertisements. Amazon bought this movie. It was originally supposed to be a theatrical release, but then with the pandemic, it got delayed. And then Amazon bought it to release on Prime. And they've really been advertising the heck out of it. And the premise is that... In the future, 30 years in the future, there is an alien invasion and the human population has gotten so decimated that they develop a time machine to come back in time 30 years and recruit people to take into the future to fight. And I, so I have weird thoughts on this because on one hand, we don't have a lot of alien invasion movies. There's not these big like blockbuster actiony things coming out in droves lately not like there used to be because there used to be right like i remember the era of independence day and all that like i feel like there were war of the world yeah so it was refreshing to get one of these kind of like mindless movies that you pop on lots of action alien cgi pow 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 like you walk away and you're like i was entertained it was entertaining chris pratt like raising one eyebrow kind of thing yeah he, I can't do it with him. That, that's the main reason I haven't even thought about watching this movie, if I'm being honest. I like fun alien movies. He, it's my opinion. I, I get what he's doing. And I, it, it, I guess it worked in Jurassic World. It's hard for me to watch him do the whole like hot Hollywood guy shtick. Knowing what he's done to know, get there. You know him and Parks and Rec and all that kind of jazz too. Yeah. It, oh, it 100%. I don't, but I like, I buy that. I don't buy this. Like, I don't buy what Chris Pratt is selling when he's, like, all muscly and, like, you know, hot. Well, I mean, I buy I it in Guardians of the Galaxy because he's still kind of hammy and sticky. But, like, in these other ones where he's, like, kind of... Serious. More serious. Ser- serious action hero. I'm like, give me a freaking break. I, I mean, know. so the, the, the other... The shoe... So, like, I, I gave my positive impressions of fun alien movie, but the the other shoe was that in, in parts, this movie didn't really feel like it knew what it wanted to be because you did have, like, campy one-liner moments. And then in, like, the next scene, it would suddenly be very, very serious. And it would kind of alternate between being campy and being serious. And it was like, pick a lane. You're not really doing either super right. well because they're detracting from another, like, each other. Like, pick a lane. You're not Marvel. You can't come in here with your quips and still make it, like very emotionally gravitas here like you gotta pick a lane here right. and there were also just like i found some of some of the things that happened in the movie to be predictable like i think early on i turned to tactic and i was like so this character is going to turn into this this character is going to do this this is how they're going to solve the issue in the future and i ended up being right <laughs> so like but i think that's kind of typical of a lot of action movies 
And time time travel movies too kind yeah. of have a, a bag of tricks at this point that they continually reach into over and over again. The thing with that too is I think they got time travel kind of right at least in this movie, which is reassuring because I feel like everyone screws it up. You can you can also kind of do what uh, Endgame did and just kind of like fly overhead and be like, and they had like three hours to do six hours worth of things, so they were like, don't even th- don't worry about the time travel, don't think about it too much. We'll just you know. Don't think about it too much. Like they already said, like, no, no, don't think about it like that. Don't think about it at all. Just let us do it. You know, and I don't know if that's what Tomorrow War did, but. Uh, they they definitely anyway. addressed it. But there were also parts that you also were like, this would never happen. This is just silly. They like, right. they, I don't want to give any spoilers, but there are just some moments where you're like, if anybody in this entire movie thought for like more than five seconds, they probably would not go about this this way. and. But There's I mean, something to be said, suspend like, disbelief, just have fun with it. It's a fun two-hour romp. Right. Like, I, and actually, I've never seen Independence Day from start to finish. But, like, part of me thinks that, like, a lot of the things you've complained about with respect to t- the Tomorrow War would have totally worked in, like, 1996. Like, Oh, I don't doubt it. We're, like, sm- I don't know if we're, I don't want to say we're smarter now because that sounds douchey, but, like... We've seen it before. We're willing to believe less. Well, there's so many movies out there that have kind of built off what has come before. So like Independence Day came out and then every alien invasion movie after that kind of built on it and you learned from it. You know what I mean? But so it's like, not even that. It, it, it is that to an extent, but it's also like, like you said, like you, oh, and the, if a character sat and thought for one second, they would do things differently. Well, I'm sure in like Independence Day and those other movies, it was the same exact way. But at the time we weren't discerning. We weren't, we wouldn't. We wouldn't think about that. We would just watch it happen and go, wow, and like eat our popcorn. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it has shifted a little bit. One of the things that I think I walked away from is this probably would have fared better in a theater because it is like they're big action scenes, big explosions, all that kind of jazz. And I feel like because we were sitting on our couch able to talk to each other, we picked it apart a little bit more than if we were in a theater and we would have just been like, wow, you know, that was fun walking out at the end instead of picking apart scene by scene random things right right yeah i could i could believe that too well i don't know if i'm gonna watch it (laughs) that wasn't that wasn't the strongest sell not that it had to be necessarily but i just chris pratt it's just like i said it's just a mental block for me i don't know if i can get past that and i I don't know if i mentioned that when we first we talked about this movie like a month ago or two months ago and i don't know if i said that or not but that's i'm i'm currently processing that i guess watch it for yvonne strahovski they don't really show would, her off. I would be watching it for J.K. Simmons, my guy J.K. Simmons. They show him off. He's my guy, J.K. He looks guy. swole. Uh, if that concludes your update, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do a very quick. Not much to report, you know. Still, just kind of I'm watching Always Sunny. I've been season two. Not much to report with that. Haven't watched any movies really, but I I did start a new book. It's going to be my summer beach read, and I'm 100 pages in, exactly. Project Hail Mary. Now, Nerd Bomber, I could have sworn you talked about this in a past episode, but I don't think you did. This is, I don't know if it's Andy Weir, Andy Andy Weir, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm going to say Andy Weir. The guy who wrote The Martian, which incidentally on a previous rendition of this podcast, we book clubbed that and like talked about it kind of in installments. For those that haven't read The Martian, it's very like... This guy is stuck in space. He's on stuck on Mars. And he's like, he has to like do a bunch of science stuff and like use some really unique problem solving to 
get out of a lot of jams that you know living on mars will will throw you yeah poo potatoes for one it's it's a really cool mix of narrative and science well i went into project hell mary expecting pretty much the exact same thing and 100 pages into it i can report it is exactly the same and like i'm fine with that it is exactly the same thing it's if anything it's the same thing but like harder you know like it's it's like he knows now that he has permission to just like when i say nerd out it's not even really doing it justice like he's not he's uh he is a millimeter away from writing down equations in this book that's that's where we are like he's talking about e to the two pi i and like page four wow yeah it's like it's like it goes hard it goes hard in the paint did you ever read artemis which was his follow-up to well not that might have been a the, sequel but that um, might have been the one you talked about yeah no i did not i'm kind of glad then that it sounds like he went back to form because artemis was less sciencey and more like heist sci-fi moon thriller and it was fine but like I wasn't blown away with it. Like I remember loving The Martian and I read this and I was just like, okay, it's kind of generic sci-fi. It's really it. good so far. Uh, Project Tell Mary is. I, I mean, 100 pages in, I'm I'm very, it's going to be a great beach read. I'll read it, probably all of it on a beach in one day. Like the rest of it. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's exactly what I just said. I, I can't really explain it. Like the the overarching plot is like humanity is in trouble, and this guy like has to save them. Hence the term Project Hail Mary. But he's in 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 order to do so, he is like out in space by himself, and he like it's kind of cool because the first hundred pages, at least, I don't want I'm not going to spoil anything, but like the novel handles exposition very well in the sense that you learn stuff as he learns it because there's a memory loss component to what's going on so it makes for pretty compelling reading so I, at this stage i would recommend it no doubt Good i will hear. update when it's done yeah so that brings us into the weekly game segment and before we before we begin i just i want to i want to check the tape here i'm at nine and two nerd bomber eight and three tactic four and seven our good friend ben checkness one and oh so uh tactic the ball is in your court my friend today's your day i think all right here's what's gonna happen yeah i'm gonna start off hot then you're gonna make a comeback it's gonna be a draw then we're gonna text in i'm gonna lose what you heard it here first folks uh nerd bomb what do you have for us today today's trivia is all about alien movies i gave our patreon subscribers options and alien movies was the winner and this one i had listed as an option off the heels of watching the tomorrow war and also with independence day in mind because you know we just celebrated independence day so it seemed very fitting and that will actually kick off our first question this is all numbers based price is right style tactic you will get the second round up on this first question just so that you have a little bit of an advantage to try to help you out a little bit maybe you'll take advantage of it who knows maybe (laughs) who's to say who's to say okay what we got this first question again like i said fitting for this week's episode independence day was a true smash box office hit when it released back in 1996 and it actually became the highest earning blockbuster that year how much money did it earn at the box office total yes i believe so end to end okay 606 million dollars that's low I'm going to say $700 million. 
Tactic gets a point here. It actually cashed in $817.4 million at the box office. So Tactic starts this game off hot. There it is. The early start. He the said early it. early start. Moving on to our next question. This is one of the movies that I personally loved. I don't know why. I had a weird little obsession with this movie. Mars Attacks. It was a humorous Tim Burton take on the alien invasion genre, and it kind of followed a multitude of characters. There were like different small casts that it followed throughout the movie and kind of changed and jumped from points of view. In the early stages of filming, the movie was supposed to have 60 major characters that it followed, but that number was eventually cut down. How many major characters did that movie end up following? Tactic, you are first in this one. Nine. Okay, I was going to say eight, but now I can't. Eight was the number I had firmly in my head. I'm going to hope that it is eight, but I'm going to go low. I'm going to say one because I'm hoping it's eight. Tactic takes another one. There were 23 major characters that Mars Attacks followed. The See, score... now the pressure is on me because he said this is what's going to happen. I have to, I have to make good on his promise that this is what's going to happen. I have to come back. Well, I, I don't have like three that. more questions for you if to I get catch the next up. one right. I'm going to win. <laughs> yeah. So this is still anybody's game, but Tactic is bordering on his first victory in a while here. So Invasion of the Body Snatchers is considered one of the all-time alien classic movies. And it was so revered that it was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. In what year was it selected? (sighs) Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I don't even remember this one. It's an old one. It was like back in the 50s, I believe it came out. 1967. I think it was right off the heels of it coming out. So I'm going to say 1950. Illegal gets his first point as he marches towards the comeback. It was selected in 1994. Oh. So quite a bit of time after it released. Undershot it a little bit. Yep. Um, So it begins. Well, you didn't didn't whitewash me, so that's good. But still, I feel this this could be it. Get the rap horn ready on the soundboard. This could be Tactics Big Moment. (laughs) All right. Do you guys remember the movie Signs? It's kind of like some people like it. Some people don't like it. I signs? was kind of a fan. Yeah, Signs. Oh, Signs ruled. I like Signs. Signs was fun. Actually, I, I didn't watch it until like two years ago, but I was like, dang, this movie slaps. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a good movie. And one of the most suspenseful scenes in Signs occurs in a pantry when the main character goes to visit his neighbor who claims mm. to have captured an alien. How long did it take them to film this scene? You can give Good it to friend. me in days. Days? Tact- I was going to give it to you in hours. I think Tactic is first, right? Yeah, Tactic's first. I'm going to go ahead and say three days. Okay, it's longer than that. This was this was a pivotal scene in this movie. Took them longer. I'm not going to say four days because I'm, I'm not a dick. I'm going to say six. Illegal ties it up <laughs> and gets another point. It took them three weeks, 21 days to film the pantry scene. Pivotal scene, guys. Honestly, makes, I, makes I was reading the, movie. the pantry scene and the birthday party scene are actually largely considered to be some of the scariest scenes in alien movie history, which the, I get because they're pretty freaking terrifying. The birthday party scene in that movie. Oh, my. That is some chef's kiss situation right there. I just I remember being a kid right and like freaking out. I was like, oh, my God. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, my God. That movie. 
Go watch that movie. Pause the podcast. Go do it. It's incredible. Put the kids to bed, though. Pretty scary stuff. So this one will be the final question. It's two to two. Whoever gets this one right will take it. Unless we both bust. It's possible. That's true. Mm-hmm. So another on. another classic movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. We're not going to do a text-in option? We can do a text-in. We'll do a text-in. It's it's not only known for being a great Spielberg stab at the alien genre, but it also holds a record for the most cinematographers on a production. Counting the special edition of the movie, how many cinematographers worked on Close Encounters of the Third Kind? You have my answer. Wow, you both busted. So one of you busted more spectacularly <laughs> than the other. The answer is 11. Illegal oh, texted in 12. Tactic texted in 57. Yeah, I have no idea how movies are made. <laughs> Game is garbage. I was off by one. Go. Oh, okay, well, tiebreaker question. I don't make the rules. This one is sadly not as exciting. So the Alien movie, Alien, premiered at the mm. opening night of the fourth Seattle International Film Festival, and it was actually presented in 70 millimeter film at midnight. Very creepy time to watch this movie. What was that date that it premiered? Oh, gosh. I should know this. It's going to kill me not getting this one right. Are you guys doing a full date, or do you want to just I'm doing do a, a year? I'm, I'm doing a full date. All right. So, unfortunately, I'm so sorry, Tectic. You done busted. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it premiered on May 25th, 1979. You okay, that was really Tectic close, though. said really January close. 1st, 1986. Illegal said May 6th, 1978. Illegal takes this one. I apologize, Tactic. I thought you had it in the bank early oh, on, but God. it just did not go your way. I told you exactly how it was going to play out. Are you, you just cocky, like, are you? And then I choke. Are you just memeing at this point? Like, I'm, I'm legitimately curious. Like, what's, what's the story? No, the questions at the end are way harder. They're like, so like, at first I was like, oh, okay, recording of a scene. How's that gonna long, long is it going to take? Three days seems like a lot. And then you guys are like, oh, no, it's 21. And then I'm like, okay, you need a lot more stuff. All right. How many cinematographers? Well, I just did a little bit. So, I don't know, 57 seems right. Oh, no, you're crazy, man. 11. Now, that brings your boy up to 10 and 2 on the year. Our bomber sitting at 8 and 3, staying staying put. Tactic down to 4 and 8. The sun getting low <laughs> for for Tactic. Getting lower than the, hey, we had. We're halfway through the year. It could go any way that it, like, you never know. He's got like five months left. Right. So, Tactic, we're all fingers are crossed for you, you know, at this, at this point. Next week, things will be a little bit different. Uh, yours truly will be away so you have a romantic getaway podcast to look forward to i don't know what they're going to talk about they haven't mentioned it to me if it's anything romantic i don't want to know so don't anyone tell me but i will be back the week following and fiction if that's what floats your boat then go go right for it i'll be back the following week and in the meantime we thank you all so much for listening Go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to interact with us on Twitter. Handles already mentioned. Get out there and you know those like crossing guards that like to, like put kids on the school bus. Yeah, tell one of them. Tell a cross. Tell your neighborhood crossing guard. That's people probably don't talk to them as much as they should. Hey, they need entertainment while they're standing there. 
well, I I can't condone that. They need they they shouldn't be wearing earbuds while they're directing children. That seems that seems unsafe. But you know, in their off hours, they they might really get a kick out of this. So tell them and uh, tell yourself to have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.